All right, welcome Peds in a Podcast listeners. Today we are going to introduce a new section called Case Closed. So we're going to be talking about a case that we either somebody sent in to us or something that we saw. We'll talk about a differential diagnosis, give you a little bit of clinical stuff with that, some workup, um, and then we'll tie it all together with the board-relevant content. Well, let's get started with this first case. So ladies and gentlemen of the podcasting world, let's introduce the facts. So we had a 12-year-old female who presented with right lower quadrant abdominal pain. When you go in to look at the patient, she's in obvious distress. She appears very uncomfortable in the bed. She's saying that it hurts in her right lower quadrant. When you do your exam, you notice that she's guarding. She won't realize you really get next to her belly. You press into the right lower quadrant. She's extremely tender there. She doesn't really describe any rebound. You don't palpate any masses there. Uh, and she just really is, doesn't want you to keep pressing around in her stomach at all. Otherwise, she's slightly tachycardic. You don't appreciate any rashes on her skin. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the podcasting world, are there any questions that you have at this time? Oh, man. I have a million, but um, when did the pain start? Uh, the pain started about two days ago um, and has been pretty constant since. Okay, so it's like fairly, re you know, recent. Yep. Okay. Any fevers, chills, vomiting, diarrhea? Uh, no chills, no fever, a little bit of nausea, no vomiting, and no diarrhea. Okay. She's how old is she? 12? 12. Okay. Probably not pregnant, but we'll just double check that one. On the, on the urine pregnancy. You will. Never been sexually active from the patient, though. Okay, okay. Does she have her periods? Uh, she has not started her period yet. Okay. All right, well, I guess let's do some stuff. All right, do you want to talk about a, dif you want to talk about a differential? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the okay. easy one is like appendicitis, right? Yeah, you'd be I mean. remiss if you didn't consider right lower quadrant pain uh, acute in nature. Appendicitis, for sure. What else you got? I think ovarian torsion has to still be on the differential, although two days with that, you know, you might have a dead ovary, so the pain might not be that bad anymore. So I don't know. I, I would still definitely keep it on my differential, though. For sure. I think you have to. Maybe, like, something easy, like they're constipated, like all the young kids are. But it sounds like she's got a decent abdominal exam, so probably not. Right. Are, are, uh, UTI, pylo. Mm -hmm. All those All things for sure. So even stuff like kidney stone, you can consider. You mentioned pregnancy, but probably be like ectopic pregnancy if she'd be this uncomfortable. Right, right, right. Um, she doesn't have the symptoms to go along with gastroenteritis, but you know when you have a bunch of diarrhea, you can get that crampy abdominal pain that some kids are really uncomfortable with. No surgical history. What's that? Hey, you know what? My favorite how about like Yersinia? Oh, yeah. Who like likes to, yeah, right? Or Campylobacter, which they like to mimic Pseudo-appendicitis. See, we yeah. told you we tie it in for the boards. Boom. These are all the things for boards. This is, this is stupid, but it's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, yep. Yeah, and then other thing is she, she's never had um, any abdominal surgeries, but something like uh, intestinal obstruction. 
Cool. So I think that's a pretty good differential. You had mentioned that you wanted to do a urine pregnancy on this young lady. Yeah. Are there any other labs or any other workup you'd like to do? I do a urine and I do a basic, uh, BMP and I do a CBC because, you know, who would take her to surgery for her appendicitis if she doesn't have a CBC with a white count? No one. That'd be crazy town. Uh, it's all sarcasm people. So, um, let me just, let me just throw this in real quick that literally on my shift yesterday, I had a ultrasound confirmed appendicitis with a white count of 8.5. Yeah, guys, it's only 50% of the time they have a white cap, but it's fine. It, that means 50% of the time they don't, but whatever. I'm here. We're here. Uh, so then I probably, I'd want some imaging. I probably would start with an ultrasound in the right lower quadrant. Like I would probably just go right for the appy ultrasound uh, and then see what we find. But I agree. I agree. You know, and you're at a children's place, so maybe. Our, some are our, our ultrasounds are a little hit or miss. Sometimes they're great, and sometimes it's like I don't know, we can't see anything. Maybe, maybe not, which is not helpful. So then I end up seeing babies or kids. Or <laughs> yes, I I totally agree with you. Um, and that is what we did. However, before we could do our own ultrasound, the resident I was working with went in to. Uh, do a GU exam, um, and through the ultrasound probe on and showed me a very interesting looking uterus on, uh, this 12 year old patient. Hmm. So then we decided to skip our right lower quadrant ultrasound and go right for the CT. Okay. Uh, she, I'm interested. She had a normal CBC. Um, the UA didn't show any blood, um, no signs of infection. Urine pregnancy was negative. That bedside ultrasound I was telling you about had this mixed echogenic type material in the uterus and was quite large for what I was would expect for a 12-year-old. So I went back in and did what any good pediatrician and emergency medicine doctor would do and took a further history. So it turns out she's been having intermittent cramping abdominal pain for the last few months, actually, about the last six months which is probably consistent with her period that she hasn't started yet. And on further review of her Mm. GU exam, she had this purple-bluish mass, essentially, protruding from her vagina that was consistent with, can you guess the diagnosis? It's an imperforate hymen. It is an imperforate hymen. That's a pretty good case. I know. I thought so too. That doesn't, you don't see that one every day. No. So we, the CT showed a very, very large uterus. Uh, OBGYN was consulted, uh, and she went for, uh, surgery to open up the hymen and allow her to start menstruating normally. That's pretty awesome. I know. Right. So a couple board things, um, this is not something that we talk about often, and there's not a lot of information on the boards for uh, adolescent GYN stuff, but you do need to consider that menarche typically starts two years um, after thelarche, so it's usually around age 12 to 13, so she was right in that age where she should have been starting her period. The first few cycles only last two or three days, can, o- can only occur every two or three months, and that's actually normal, but when kids or when children first start their periods, 
if it lasts beyond 10 days, that's abnormal and actually requires a workup. Um, but the infrequency of the periods of the first two years is usually fine and doesn't require any kind of extra workup. So, and I remember on practice, on practice tests for boards, there was a lot of, um, I, I always saw that like, what, what's the cause of the infrequent, like these kind of weird, irregular periods initially. And the answer is an ovulatory cycle. So they don't get true ovulation with their cycling. So they get kind of these weird ra- random periods. Exactly. Really just, it, and stuff like that just requires reassurance. Uh, and that's another board pearl is if you see obtain further history of physical or provide reassurance, that's likely going to be the answer. Um, one little board, other board, board pearl we had was that peak height velocity um, occurs before menarche as well. So that's why you'll often see girls get taller than boys because they're going to reach puberty earlier than boys as well. Should we define primary amenorrhea? Do you know the diagnosis? If you would like to define primary amenorrhea, I'd be <laughs> happy to learn from your wisdom. It's if you don't have menses by age 15. Whereas secondary amenorrhea, and that means you never had it. Primary means you never, ever had it. Secondary amenorrhea is if you lose menses for six consecutive months after previously having normal cycles. So you have to like have basically have had normal onset of menses and then for some reason stop. Obviously, most common cause, pregnancy. Pregnancy. (laughs) I knew that one. Yeah. I know. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this style of kind of case presentation. And if you don't have anything else, case closed.